0: welcome everyone please 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 do subscribe to our YouTube channel it actually really does help us because the bigger we get the better guests we can get for you guys so please and thank you see okay, so,
1: like <laughs> yeah oh, thank you for
0: thank you. that's a great start Padma. thank you for interrupting me would anyone else like to interrupt <laughs> me before we start I'm kidding I'm kidding um yes yeah, so, welcome everyone welcome back to another MPL episode uh, this episode has been in progress for a little bit of time, and this is going to be focused on sort of the struggles and the journey that we as Muslims face throughout our professional life. And all of us here are actually from completely different industries that can have completely different experiences. So this should be a really fruitful episode for anyone listening. And before, without further ado, I would just like to open up the floor to you guys to introduce yourselves. So, allah we'll start with you, and then we'll go to Fatma, and then we need
2: All right, so I am super excited to join you all today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, My name is Adat, and I am a pediatrician. Um, I work in the well-baby nursery, and I am a mother to two kiddos. I think you can hear one of them now. (laughs) That's my youngest, Hannah, and I have um, a son as well.
3: I am currently practicing in Texas, and um, yeah. Awesome. Fatima. Um, so I don't have an amazing intro like Dr. Allah, but I'm more of just a simple interviewer on Instagram. I interview content creators, influencers, um, anyone basically. You know, I feel like I'm inspired by. Um, and so, yeah, I interview them, and I've had the privilege to interview two of these individuals. And inshallah, Dr. Allah is my next victim, so I can like. And I'm really happy and excited to be here. I
0: I think I can introduce Muneeb. Um, He's an iPhone user and that's it. (laughs) iPhones are
4: better than Android. And anyways, (laughs) my name is Muneeb. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I love this little thing we have going on. Um, I am a mechanical engineer. I work at a nuclear power plant. So if you imagine Simpsons, that's pretty much me. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah. That's 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 all. Uh, oh, and I do TikToks. Yeah,
0: nice. Um, people are already, I hope, familiar with me. I'm just one of the co-hosts of MPL, and I'm excited to have this episode. I know for me, going through like my own business school journey, there was a lot of things that I struggled with, and there was a lot of things that I know Muslims in my program struggle with a lot. So I'm really curious to hear about you know the experiences of Allah has in medicine, Munib has in engineering, and Fatima, the experiences she has with different content creators and whatever they have been through as Muslims. So I'm really, really excited. But before we get into the deep stuff, I do want to keep it a little bit lighthearted in the beginning. And I want to ask and open up the floor to you guys to ask if there's been any like awkward, funny, really like cringy experiences that you've faced, whether it be in school or, you know, whether you're practicing at work or anything like that. So open up the floor to any of you, whoever wants to jump in, feel free.
1: That's my daughter.
4: <laughs> it looks like. Hi, Hannah. <laughs> <Hold> on,
1: <guys. laughs> all the time,
4: guys. Go good. ahead.
0: All good. You can mm-hmm. continue. You can continue. Go ahead.
4: Yeah? Oh, what? Yeah. Wait, wait. Bottom would too. What's, what's <laughs> going
3: so on? Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh,
4: <laughs> no, I'm kidding. um All right. Let's just start off. So, um, usually, um, I think it was Ramadan, maybe, maybe not. But, um, and this wasn't, this was in the work field, not as an engineer, but this was just in one of my retail jobs. Uh, It was Future Shop, if you remember what Future Shop is. Um, So, anyways, I usually just like leave make wudu and then the prayer time, I would go into like the the lunchroom, whatever we had, and then I would pray, right? So, I started praying and it was Asir time, I believe. So, I'm praying Asir and um it's around like seven thirty, so this guy has done his shifts so someone walks in and usually i hate when people walk in because it's just weird right so this guy walks in and um i think i'm doing studs there like i'm on the floor and he grabs his jacket and he's like manib and i'm like shoot i can't reply to him and he's like manib <laughs> and he's like manib are you okay and i'm like i can't really respond right now so i like I try to like speed up my prayer because like I'm pretty much almost done. And he's like, Maneep. And he runs out the changing room. He's like, guys, I don't think Manif's okay. <laughs> so he's calling people. So another coworker comes in okay? and by this time I'm done my prayer. Okay? He's like, Maneeb, are you okay? And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, I think Stephen was his name. I'm like, Stephen, man, I'm, I was just praying. I'm perfectly fine. He's like, oh, I saw like the, the towel thing on the floor. And like your head was on it, so I thought like you weren't feeling well, and you were just lying down. And I'm like, no, that's how we pray. I'm totally fine. I'm, so, I'm sorry you had to see that, but yeah, that was just probably the most awkward um, interaction I had. Like as a Muslim, it was just it was just very like that's unforgettable moment. It was just funniest thing ever.
1: That's but it's awesome.
4: yeah. when you tell John it's rough to be a Muslim
1: man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's funny.
4: It's funny though. They respect yeah. you most of the time.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. I had I had a really funny um experience actually but it was at in university Um. okay so uh, you, guys, you guys don't remember the blackberry like time you know with the curve and whatnot anyways I remember I was in one of my class it was a very large class where you know the like in York University the, the stairs like basically the seats are like this and
1: mm-hmm. then this
3: is the professor so I, for that one day, decided I'm going to stay closer to the professor, and I had like the azan like app, and the like the topic of that class was about extreme extremism, like you know extremists, and literally the timing was incredible, and it was like the azan just went on, and literally it was so loud, and I was trying to like turn it off, and it wasn't turning off. And then literally, like the professor, like ignored it, like for a few seconds. And then he's like, guys, whoever it is, can you please like turn it off? And I'm like trying so hard and I'm just like, turn it off. And it's not. And then I'm like, (laughs) and I'm like, what should I do? And I'm like, you know, it's as embarrassing as it may seem, but I have to get out of this class. So literally, imagine this, this, the stairwell. I'm like literally just going up and it's like, Allah,
1: I'm like literally going. Um, and I, as soon
3: as I got out of the class it finished and I just I I was just like I ain't going back. Literally, I just waited till like the class was done, and then I went back. It was so grabbed your stuff. Literally, oh, yeah. I didn't grab my stuff. I had to wait till everybody leaves. Then uh, let me just come and get it because it seemed like as if I as if like I was like I didn't do it on purpose. Like it seemed yeah, like yeah, yeah. I was disrespecting the professor or. Because it's easy, right? You can turn it off. Mm-hmm. But the irony, like, it wasn't turning it off. And I was doing everything. I was, like, putting under, like, my, like, legs or just ev- – I tried everything, and it was just bad luck.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. Literally, oh, that was my story. What about you, doctor?
1: Dr.
4: Alla, any, yeah, any experiences? So
3: mine are not as nearly as
2: funny as you guys, but um, – I remember it was my first med school interview. And like for me, that was a huge, big deal, right? And I was actually seven or eight months pregnant. Like I was like really pregnant. And of course, I didn't want to come in as like the stereotypical, like hijab wearing Muslim woman who's pregnant. And I tried everything I can to like hide my belly, right? And so I shopped like I went through every single mall trying to find like a suit that would like not show that I was pregnant. And so I thought I did a great job. And I was in line and um someone like from behind me um comes up to me and was like, "Oh, hey, congratulations. Like are you expecting?" And of course like I couldn't I couldn't say yes, like this, I was like undercover, like I really did not want to portray that I was pregnant. And I was like, No. And like with a flat face, like, no. And she like turned super red, and she's like starts apologizing. And like my heart is racing. I'm like, what do I do? Like in this situation. And of course I was like, okay, like I can't I can't lie to her. Um, and so like after a minute, I was like, I'm I'm just kidding. I, yes, I am. And like the, this relief, like, you know, I, I can just see it on her face and she was like, oh, well, you know, I just wanted to say congratulations and blah, 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 and I was like, yeah, thanks. And I was like, okay, I'm obviously not hiding this well enough. Um, <laughs> the, leather, <laughs> the rest of the interview went pretty well.
4: That's so awkward, oh my God.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Is this the moral of the story here for any guys listening, don't comment on women unless you know for a hundred percent fact that they're pregnant. Right. right.
1: Yeah. Unless she
0: she
2: tells you that's the only way that you can like be, be sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah.
4: yeah that's true. Wait, was I it a, was, anybody? Was, was it a guy? Not just
3: guys, but girls too.
2: Right. Yeah. Cause it was, it was, it was yeah, it was a female who asked me.
4: Oh, okay, okay. Okay.
3: Yeah. So I feel like even it doesn't have to be guys. I think even girls, I think we should respect people's like privacy in the sense like, whether they want to disclose it, whether they don't, whether they're even in that frame of mind. I think people just need to understand that, like, you know, unless it's not right. spoken out. Just keep it hush hush. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yeah. I have That's a good- funny story as well.
0: So basically for my, my business school program is a little interesting in that it's, it's like a double major. And then the business program starts in the third year. So last year was my third year and we have like orientation and everything because it's basically like a new program. And for the first two years of my university, I basically, like, stuck to, like, my Muslim friends. But in a business environment, like, Muslims are very much a minority. And so I had no idea what a pre was. Like, I had no idea what it was. And so my friends, my, my section mates, they, and my classmates basically come up to me. And they're like, hey, um, the, the mentors that we have, they're organizing this pre. Do you want to come? I'm like, oh, yeah, they're mentors for our program. So there's no way this can be, like, you know, partying and drinking is probably just like board games or whatever. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, of course. Like, who wouldn't want to go to like a backyard board game night? Naive. I was so naive. Oh, my God. So I, I end up there and all I see are people playing like beer pong. And there's like, it was so nasty. Like, now that I think of COVID, they were like this plastic bag. Imagine like a huge Ziploc bag with like some sort of alcohol in it. And there was like a little faucet where people would go and like slap the bag and then open the faucet and just take a drink. And I was like, how are you spreading this among like 50 or 60 people? But anyways, they claimed to have like non-alcoholic drinks and games or whatever, but like there was barely anyone there and everyone was doing their thing. And I remember distinctly that I was there for about an hour. I stuck to the guys who weren't playing beer pong, the few, and I remember it was time. I'm I'm in this like, place and i have to think about like praying maghrib and so i go outside i i see a parking lot i'm like, okay sweet i'm gonna go to this parking lot Put my prayer mat down i'm gonna pray and then i'm gonna bus home as i'm walking out a group of people are coming in they're like hey where are you going the party hasn't even started i'm like oh um i just gotta take a quick phone call or i said i have like a quick appointment i'm like appointment with god clearly right and so i ignored them i go pray and i felt so weird I like, as soon as I prayed, I bussed home. As soon as I got home, I threw my clothes in the washer and I prayed again. Because I was like, I don't know if my prayer even counted. Like, it was in such a weird environment. After that, if anyone ever called me to a pre, I'm like, no, thank you. I'm just going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do my own thing. I, mean, so, I didn't
3: even know what pre was until you just mentioned it. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I, I think yeah. it stands for like, three, like pre-party or something. I don't know. It's like I the pre
0: like think- to the actual thing
4: pre pre drink is that maybe is that what
3: it you know what's what's like freshies like in in university like fresh freshest fresh day or something like that fresh
1: fresh fresh cool like
3: on. like when i went to you know <laughs> when i went to university like in the uk like actually I mean, so i did some like education in canada and then i did some in the uk so there they called it like fresh fresh day like it's where people like met each other and like was it something oh, like that? Fresh
1: week,
0: yeah. Fresh week, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We call it Frosh week. It's like the orientation week. Yeah.
3: Fresh day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: This is my embarrassing
1: moment as well.
2: <laughs> but now you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Now I know. Yeah. Now, now, if a group of twenty-year-olds ever invite you to uh, to a pre, you know what to say.
4: Yeah, I don't think twenty-year-olds are gonna invite me anymore. I'm I'm too old for that.
0: <laughs> uh, anyways um i I know okay kind of building off of munib's uh story about prayer i know all of us are in completely different industries we have different experiences so i'm just curious like in your sort of journey so far how has prayer been for you because i'm I'm assuming here that all of us are practicing Muslims. we try our best and i'm especially curious about uh, because med school hours aren't your traditional sort of nine to five and so how do you kind of manage that while working super long shifts whether it's in the morning or the night and then you know being on call and so yeah, yeah we'll start off with you and then we'll go to um and you yeah
2: so i i agree it's super difficult um it's something that if you don't have you know prayer or salah as your priority it is so easy to miss um especially in like a fast-paced environment like in the er so to, to step back, I think in medical school, it was honestly the easiest to make time for prayer um, because in the first two years, they're mostly um, classwork. And so, um, you know, if we're sitting down listening to a lecture and it's time to pray, uh, usually it's like around lunchtime anyway. So it was super easy to find like an empty classroom, um, go into a little corner and pray. Uh, the second two years, there were mostly like clinicals. And so they were a bit more challenging us to find time and to find a location, right? Cause you need like a quiet place. You don't want to just pray in the, you know, in the halls or, or anything like that. And so it was a little bit trickier, but I think the hardest, honestly, hardest time for me was during residency, um, which is, you know, the true bulk of medical training. And we would work, crazy long hours. I would work, you know, 28 hour shifts, um, 30 hour shifts, uh, we would work overnight. And so those are like five prayers. You can't, you can't miss all of them, right? Like to be completely honest. Yes. I, you know, I've missed one or two and I would come home and I would, you know, make them up. But if you are spending 28 hours in the hospital, that's, you know, Fajr Ta'ashah. like those are your five prayers. You can't miss five out of the five. Um, and so it was difficult for me if I, you know, didn't really think about it. They would be missed like that. Um, if I was more like a timer to remind me, hey, Maghrib is at this time and my alarm would go off, it would be much more helpful. Um so, you know, for example, there would be times where um, I would get to the hospital before fudge of time. And so I couldn't pray it at home. So I would come to the hospital. We would receive something called sign out. So like the night team would sign out to the day, the day team. And we would have to sit through that. Literally, I would have maybe five minutes to quickly go find a room, pray fudge before having to go and round and actually see my patients before the team starts like the, you know, the, the actual, um, team rounds. And so literally in five minutes, if somebody were to stop me or I had a page or something like that, it would be easily missed. Um, so I think for me, it was just knowing that, Hey, my prayer is gonna have to be a priority. And
1: trying little things to help me remember was the only thing that saved me. So I would
2: literally, the day before, just make alarms on my and all of them on. So it was Fajr, Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, and Asha and just try to make it through um, through the day. wow
0: you know. And you were also at like pregnant slash had a young child at the same oh time. So, I'm sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh,
2: yeah. so get this, like during intern year, I was also pregnant with my daughter. And so intern year is, um, I think the hardest, most difficult year during medical training because the learning curve is really steep. Um, I had my daughter towards the end. And so after that, there's, you know, there's breastfeeding and there's pumping. Um, so, literally, I would have a time where I would be sitting down, listening to a lecture. We had our afternoon lecture. So, it was during lunchtime. I would eat lunch, listen to the lecture, pump, and make, like, we'll do and pray, and answer pages and as soon as that hour was up, like everything, I would put everything away and then quickly like finish seeing patients and getting new admissions. So it was crazy.
4: <laughs> Did Someone say superwoman. Yeah. I was just about to
2: say, I, I really literally. don't like that phrase. Oh, I, oh, sorry. God. No, it's not. No, I appreciate you saying that, but honestly, like the amount of things that are expected from women mm. and the, you know, the lack of support that we get is, is terrible. So,
1: um,
2: but going back to that main point, like you need to know what your priorities are. And mine were prior and my daughter, like I needed to pump for her. So there was no way I was going to stop that. And so it just a matter of making it work, finding the time and multitasking.
4: Well, upon a subhanAllah, man, may Allah yeah. reward you. That's, that's a yeah, lot of awesome. stuff that you had to go through starting with the 28, 30 hour shifts. And the pregnancy and just sure. that's that's a lot. It's that's a easy,
3: lot. Yeah, I think I agree with her. Like, I think the credit isn't due at all, like, where it needs to be. And I think mm-hmm. you know, like, women have it really hard. And just you know, what sister said, it's I can only imagine how that feels like for you. Yeah. So, but alhamdulillah, yeah, no you're here
4: now. Sorry, go yeah? ahead. Go ahead
3: no, I'm really no, no you, you
4: know, you've, you've I'm done s- you've done you've done so much i'm, I'm so proud of you that's crazy I you know I, I i love i love seeing muslims go far in like whatever industry it is so like i don't know just hearing that story it just made me really happy so just like i'm so proud of you no
2: and i, I agree with you i feel like it makes me really happy to see like mashallah like we're so diverse here like our group like we're in so many different fields and to see like each one of us inshallah like be a leader in our field i mean that's that's beautiful
1: yeah
4: yeah i agree when was yes, nodding really.
0: along like he's gonna be the head cast of the simpsons that has like new <laughs> you never maybe know. the simpsons
4: yeah <laughs> huh. make a toronto make a toronto version of the simpsons and i'll be,
1: I'll
0: be the host
4: I'll be. yeah
0: money really, let's stick with you how's prayer been for you at uh we t- talked a little bit about retail um and yeah. the mission but how was it at your like engineering job
4: so oh, so i'll start off with uni and then i'll hop over to, to engineering honestly with uni like alhamdulillah i'm so blessed to have a prayer room there and the prayer room had a wudu room so like sometimes it's hard to like you know find a place to make wudu but this had two and one, and honestly, it was the easiest thing ever. You would go make your prayers, and it was only, like, two minutes from all our all my lecture classes. just well, all my classes, just because UYT is a pretty small university. Like, it's not huge. And, like, all my lectures were pretty much in the same hall or, like, another hall. So it was not difficult at all. Like, alhamdulillah, I was very happy with that. Moving on to engineering, when I first got into the field, um, I used to work at one location, so we have two locations, one's in Darlington and one's in Pickering. Uh, when I used to work at Darlington, the hours are not too long, like the regular hours we have, it's 7 to 2.30. So if I want to pray the hur, I can come home and pray usually, but sometimes the hur ends a little earlier. So I would kind of find a place to pray or, but usually I wouldn't stay too long at, the, at, at that job. Now the new position I have, or I've had for about a year now, We work a lot of 12-hour shifts. So now with the 12-hour shifts, it does get a lot more difficult. I can't imagine 28- and 30-hour shifts because that just blew my mind just listening to that. But 12-hour shifts were hard enough because you'd have to – like, if I was in the station, like, with the 12-hour shifts, we have to go in the station. I have to kind of, like, find a place to make wudu, And then finding a place to pray, there's not a lot of rooms in the station where you can just use – Right. So I'd have to kind of like make an excuse. I'd be like, Oh yeah, I'm just gonna go back to my desk. And the, the walk to the desk, the walk back to my office is like twenty minutes. So mm-hmm. like you'd have to like leave for like forty minutes or just or I would just like combo it with my lunch. So for example, sometimes we do overnight twelve um, hour shifts or day day twelve hour shifts. But the, the blessed thing is my desk is right here, the prayer room is right here. So there's enough Muslims at OPG for me like Ontario Power Generation. Sorry, Allah. I didn't say the name of the company. But Ontario Power Generation, there's there's enough Muslims that we have a Jummah weekly and then it stopped because of COVID. But we have someone to do the khutbah. Um so it's it's nice I don't have to leave work early on Jummas or anything like that. Um but yeah back to those twelve hour shifts, I kind of have to like figure out when to do my lunch so I could pray on time. Or sometimes I'd have to like put two prayers together. Like go and Pray usher and then wait five minutes and then pray mahur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, a, it didn't feel right, but it was the best I could do. And then sometimes, like, it, it, it happens, like, we'd have to miss our prayer, which is unfortunate, but then you just have to kind of make up for it afterwards. But yeah, all in all, I, I really love my job. Like, alhamdulillah, it's a very blessed place to work. And, like, the freedom for me to just go and pray, they respect it. Like, the only thing is, when I first got hired, um, it was on a Thursday. So I asked my manager I was like tomorrow is Friday prayers do you mind if I like leave for like 30 minutes? He asked me to have lunch okay and I felt so bad because I just got hired. And I'm like tomorrow's Friday can I can just go to Friday prayers and he's like play like what do you want to play? And I'm like no no Friday prayers and he's like play? And I'm like no no like I have to I have to pray and he's like oh, okay yeah yeah no 100%. And I was like do you know if they do it like here at the station because I like at first I worked at a different building and he's like, no, no, but you can go for long you want and come back whenever you want and just make up for the time afterwards. And I was like, sweet, like perfect. But all in all, Alhamdulillah, like amazing, amazing like, mm-hmm. environment to work.
1: Do you have to say that just for legal purposes or?
4: No, no, I I promise you. It's actually like, I didn't expect a, a prayer room right right in front of me, like in that same building. Like, like I said, in the old building that I worked at, at the other location, I'd have to like, find a place. But this one has a prayer room. Just because in Pickering, there's a lot more Muslims, right? And it has one in every building. So Jummah prayer, wow. there's one close to the station. There's one in another uh, building. I think there's one in the station as well, mm-hmm. where they do the Jummah prayer, but it's just limited because it's not that big. But Alhamdulillah, the amount of Muslims that work there have made it possible for us to kind of have our Jummah, have our five daily mm-hmm. prayers, and I think they do five daily prayer jamaat, like not obviously not like five daily, but like the morning zuhr and asr. Like if it's within that to four or five o'clock, they do jamaat there. Like sometimes I, I actually miss it one most of the time because I have meetings or whatever during that time. So I usually go pray by myself. But they even do jamaat. Like that's crazy. Thing, well, alhamdulillah.
3: I don't know. I'm just echoing from what Um Lindy said. I feel like things are becoming more normalized. I think. People are starting to be aware of our our rituals and I would say our like time of prayers and I think like it's becoming more of like an understanding. I think like aspect. Yeah, and I
4: love time. I love that. That's that's it's really nice, really nice. I, I really mm-hmm. appreciate it. Fatima, your turn.
3: I think I would. I have a lot more of a similar experience, uh, similar to the I think whether I was in uni- university, I think. I kind of made it very apparent to my professors, um if let's example i would if I had to pray and I would like you know enter the class a little later, um especially I believe when I was in law school, like that's where like classes were a bit more small, so people would know if you came late, so I think I would let my professors know way in advance that, listen like you know I have to pray, and I think I don't think I've ever experienced that sort of like why like. Where because even in university there was prayer room and even when I started to work like I work in a corporate Um place besides the interviews. Um, I think again, they're so flexible and I think I Think everywhere I've worked. I think it was very like understanding that. Yes. Okay. You have to pray, and I think I've never alhamdulillah. I've never had any restrictions on that
1: My experience has actually been really different because
0: I've only had a corporate job this year and last year for my internship. And because of COVID, they've both been completely virtual. And so I actually haven't fully experienced what it would be like. And like Friday, you know, kind of like a half day, kind of not a half day. I haven't actually experienced
1: that. But uh, I I do know that last year when uh, the message and stuff were open here,
0: It's just a thing um, in Ontario. So, um, but when they were open, I remember I just told my manager like, hey, I'm going to block off this one hour. I'm going to go pray. And they they were completely fine with it. I think generally, um, by the way, I work at Pepsi for anyone listening. Uh, Generally, it's that they want you to get the work done and they're not really concerned too much about when you're going to do it or like micromanaging your work. Obviously, if you have meetings, you might have to like shift things around here and there, or maybe go to a later Jumma or an earlier Jumma or whatever. But I think generally, to your point, they, they've been pretty accepting of it, and uh, and I think now that we're probably moving into more of like a flexible work environment, not all lot, because you're still gonna have to be like doing your own thing uh, as a doctor, but for corporate sort of uh, roles, um, there's probably gonna be more flexibility in terms of like work from home and whatnot. And I do think a lot of Muslims, especially, are probably going to capitalize on working from home on Fridays, which will make their, you know, Jummah days easier and whatnot, because mm. everyone sort of had to do that. And so I'm sure a lot of places will probably be more um, flexible. flexible and kind of caring towards that sort of thing. Mm. So,
1: yeah. Inshallah, hopefully. Yeah, I you think, though, so, yeah.
2: you know, it's, it's really promising and it's really nice to hear all of that. But then I think it, it then it's, it's upon us to take the initiative of you know letting them know and actually ma- again making it a priority and then now it's upon us right like literally we don't have like any more excuses yeah. and everybody's been so
3: understanding so i yeah. think i think um you know dr always said it really well i think it's, your, it's up to you whether you want to make this a priority because I think people are flexible, but they need to know whether that's something you're devoted to. So I think I agree with you. I think it's all falls on us, not on the company, not on anyone. It's it's on us.
4: Yeah, no, guaranteed. And plus, sometimes you, you do get a little bit intimidated or scared to ask your manager because, I don't know, you just feel like they'll judge you because they know you're Muslim or, or something of that sort. Like, for example... One of my friends was working in like a film kind of thing. And uh, she, I guess she asked if she can take Eid off. And after she asked if she can take Eid off, the manager started acting very disrespectful towards her because I guess he didn't know that she was Muslim. So I guess there is that kind of in the back of your mind, you kind of make up that scenario before you even go ask. You'd be like, oh, they might start disrespecting me if they know I'm Muslim or something like that, but I mean you gotta kinda take your chances. And do you really want to work in a place like that where they don't respect you? Like you gotta or ask yourself you that question as well.
1: Are.
4: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think so easier. Go ahead, go
1: ahead. I think it's definitely easier to, I guess,
2: let your needs be known in the beginning rather than waiting later. <laughs>
1: right.
4: Guaranteed. Guaranteed
0: um i wanted to ask specifically allah and fatima uh, and this is a question that i've had with a few of my female friends and they've always kind of hinted at um especially the ones that wear the hijab that they might have to at some point maybe rethink the hijab based on where what their professional goals are or they will have to come to terms with the fact that just where they want to be and wearing the hijab is just, it, it's its at a conflict and they have to compromise one or the other. So I'm curious when you were doing those 28 hour shifts and having children and kind of being, not that word that you don't like, um, <laughs> but basically being superwoman, um, did, did that thought ever come to your mind um, that, you know, me as a hijab wearing future doctor, like where I want to go,
1: right.
0: you know, am I going to have to sacrifice at so- some point?
2: I think, you know, I wanted to bring up a point. I'll definitely answer your question. But before I do, I don't know if you guys heard about something in psychology called like the spotlight effect, where you think everybody's looking at you. Mm -hmm. Like, do you ever have those moments where like you're in a room or you're in a meeting or whatever, and you just, you think like there's literally a spotlight on you, Mm -hmm. right? Like you are under this light and everybody's... Watching you and seeing everything that you're doing. So it's actually a thing. And uh, for me, I think the hijab like multiplied that. Like this, like, literal piece of cloth. I thought that, you know, it created some sort of like mega light that people will notice me. And then, therefore, anything that I do, people will see. And it just, It makes you so self-conscious. Um but I wrote about this um on my like Instagram posts and because I, I do think it's a real thing where it's all in our heads and not on our head, right? Like these are thoughts that we come up with and it causes us to be fearful, it causes us to uh not leap at like different opportunities. Um, it makes us, you know, really self-critical. Um, and in most of the time, nobody's really judging us and nobody's really like looking at us or watching every move. Um, so that was something I had to kind of sit down and say, all right, these are all my thoughts. None of this is actual like facts. Um, there is no spotlight over my head. Like this hijab does not automatically like say, Hey, look at me. And once I was able to like remove those thoughts, I found it easier to, um, just be myself and to go after what I want, especially like leadership roles. Um, so that, that was something that I, that I had to learn. Um, The thing is, alhamdulillah, I think I've been blessed where I really don't think the hijab um, in medicine was a hindrance. Um, I still was able to do everything that I wanted to. Um, You know, I was still able to participate in everything. Uh, Yes, there were times where like it was physically in the way. So like, for example, like during... um, surgery rotations where everything has to be sterile. Um, We need to wash like in a certain way. We need to wash our hands and arms like all the way up to our elbows. Um, Like our uh, neck has to be, you know, exposed and certain things like that. Um, it, It was difficult like trying to navigate through this whole scrubbing in process. But there are always solutions to many of our issues and many of those problems. And so again, it has to be up to the individual to take it upon themselves to be like, okay, I see this as a potential problem. How am I going to expose my arms um, and wash in front of people or, you know, what am I going to do? And there was a solution. I would find out the times of the surgeries that I was supposed to scrub into. I get there like, 20 minutes earlier I'll be the only one at the sink so I'll wash you know normally and then once you go into the sterile room you put on your gown and now you are fully covered um when it came to like the the you know covering your hair I would just put one of those nets um or there is there were other things that we used to like you know put over our hijabs and stuff but there were solutions to everything. And so alhamdulillah, I don't think that it was a hindrance. Um, I think mostly they were just thoughts that I was telling myself that it was gonna be a hindrance. Um, and just you know small issues that we had to find solutions for. But I think it may be different in the corporate world. I think it, it may even be harder, I think, in the corporate world.
0: Kind of going off of what Allah was talking about in terms of, you know, the hijab in medicine specifically wasn't necessarily, I guess, a hindrance. But for Fatima, for yourself specifically, do you think that, you know, if one day you do decide to put it on, that, you know, it might serve as, you know, some sort of barrier to whatever your long-term goal is? Or have you seen, you know, your friends or your relatives or your coworkers even who do wear the hijab, have they seen um, any sort of like any of these um, barriers? So I think
3: uh, I would say this it's mixed reviews. Um, I think, think I've seen coworkers at my workplace, um, that are doing, who wear hijab and are doing way better than me. So, and, and I don't wear hijab. So I don't think when, if you don't wear hijab as if that's a certain advantage, I don't think, or, or, or disadvantage. I feel like in terms of, I don't know, I think like in terms of racism, you could be a massive target for sure. Um, but then again, if they find out you are a Muslim and you don't wear a hijab, that's also your target. So so I think, um, like my mother wears a hijab and she's the teacher's assistant, um, there's times where she has experienced racism and there's times where people have been wonderful to her. So I think it's like having that mixed, I would say, experience. But I think, as I was saying before, I think it, it's up to you how you see yourself and how you utilize, let's say, for those who do wear a hijab. Um, to see that as a strength or, or weakness is up to them. And to women who were as of yet not ready to wear the hijab, um, like myself, and inshallah I pray one day I do get to wear it, that you know I'm ready and that I think I'm I'm able to be embrace the good and the bad that comes my own. I did get bullied exactly how the principal warned me. Um, and, and I remember in my religion class, cause I took religion and I was studying, I read the Bible and whatnot. And I had the highest mark being a Muslim, being a hijabi in, in the, in that class. And my main objective, it became my strength, even though at that time I endured, I think the worst of the worst experiences, but I took it as this is my strength. And I think after it got so overbearing um near the end that I was like, I want to change school. But I need to take it off. But I can't take it off in this school. If I'm going to take off my hijab, I want to do it in another school where people didn't know I've ever worn it. But um I don't want to take it. I don't want to take it off and stay in this school. So then, you know, my family, they've always been, I think, very flexible in the decisions that their children make. So I decided to take it off. But one of the reasons why I took it off was because I felt like I wasn't As if my intentions of wearing it wasn't, wasn't pure. As if I wore it because I got influenced by the friends and family friends I was hanging around, where it should have been a more personal journey for me and between me and God. And not because, let's say I liked, you know, this, this group of girls and they were wearing it. It should have been, no, I should have worn it. So I always pray one day I can come back to that cycle of, of being passionate and wanting to wear it. And then I am successful. At this time. So, inshallah, I think it's, it's up to us whether we want to make it our strength or, or, or our weakness. But I give kudos to my mother, to you, sister, and to everyone who do wear it because it is tough, no doubt. But I think we just simply need to realize that I think it's, it's up to us to kind of pave the path for many people.
2: That is so beautiful, Fatima. And thank you so much for sharing something so um, personal. And I, I really do think that, you know, it's our personal journey and there there are so many things that, you know, and experiences that we go through that, you know, shape who we are and, you know, and, and, and how we got here. But um, I think your journey was, you know, you know, difficult, but it, it was also really beautiful to hear um, from you knowing that there were lots to overcome and, 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 you know, you're able to gain insight as to, you know, how you felt during that time and coming to terms with like what your intentions were and what your intentions are now and, you know, and plans for the future. I I just think it's really, really beautiful.
3: But I give you Pluto's like honestly, sister, like, like I, I, I know how difficult it is because I've, I've had my, I, I would say, one year of experience. Um, so I know when girls out there who say it's tough, I know it. Um, no, sorry. You know, I think,
2: you know, hijab is just a visual, quick representation, right? Like, you see someone wearing hijab, you know she's Muslim. I think that's what it is. Like, that. there's a lot more to it, of course. But, like, for the most part, it's just a quick Visual representation of you being a Muslim and that's what it is, right? But I mean, what about the guys like guys don't wear the hijab Yet they you know, you still show and portray yourself as Muslim in many different ways. And so hijab is just one Way you can show that you are a Muslim, but there are so many other ways Um, And so like you said, I mean you make it known um, to others by you know your you know the way you talk the way you walk the way you interact your name there's so many other ways that you know you can show people that you're a Muslim and um and that's beautiful so I and the guys too like they have to show um, themselves as Muslim and they don't wear the hijab
3: and you know one thing I want to say to all those all those women who don't wear hijab and who you know, are Muslims, I understand their backlash as well because a lot of people presume that because you don't wear the hijab as if you're less of a Muslim or as if you're not that great of a human being. But I feel like, again, what you said, I think it's all about your actions and who you are as a person. That's the first and foremost thing, one thing we need to tick off. And then, of course, I feel like, you know, I feel like it's so important to wear the hijab and I'm, I'm pro it, but I feel like you need to wear it with the intention that is this, is, this is something that's between me and God. And it shouldn't be something that I should now feel like, okay, like, as if I'm above, let's say, you know, someone who isn't wearing one. And I think my mother is, is a great, I would say um, a role model to me because, you know, both of her daughters don't wear it. Um, and not once has she ever said, wear it. She's always been like, I'm wearing it because I choose to wear it. Um, And that's how she wore it. I think more so recently when she went to Umrah and then she started wearing it. And she's like, I had my journey and I, I found like my, I would say decision, like to be like, okay, I want to wear it just like I did. And you shouldn't feel like you're less of, of, of a Muslim. Just again, what sister said, your actions and, and your speech and, and your behavior and how you treat people, that should say. I should speak louder than than anything else.
0: I don't really know how to like proceed from here. Like it's so like beautiful and wholesome like what you're talking about. And like kind of echoing exactly what Allah said. Like it, it's thank you first of all, thank you for sharing. Um, you know, it, it's really interesting to hear your, your story and kind of understand that what you mentioned is really, really important. I think that applies to like really any action that we do for Allah, like it has to be first, we have to go in with the right intention, not necessarily, I got to check this off, because you know, I gotta, I gotta do my five daily prayers or whatever it may be. And so that, that's, that's a really important, like moral story to keep in mind is that like, your actions should follow your intentions. And that's not to say that, like, you know, if people are struggling, they should just give up, like, absolutely not. But you know, like, when it comes to like, big things like this, it's very, very important to Make sure your heart is in the right place because once it is then you're gonna have like a, you, you're you gonna hold on to your faith like like you know like like anything so
4: yeah. so allah uh, like allah make it easy for you guys because honestly nobody knows what you guys actually go through with people guy like people have no idea how that feels and because say for example i'm not a visible muslim um because I don't technically wear a hijab, I have a little beard, I could be Christian, I could be anything, but for you guys, it is a little bit more difficult to be in that situation because there's, like we know, like, for example, that London attack, there are a lot of racist people out there, and just because nobody gets run over by a truck every day doesn't mean that there isn't Islamophobes out there. So I know that you guys do go through a lot, and it's probably extremely difficult. So to all the girls who don't wear hijab who are scared to wear hijab now just know that you guys have 100 percent of our support as guys and any any time we should always stand up for you guys regardless of what the situation is um i just think that that's really important just because we're all muslim we're all brothers and sisters and um we don't know like i said we don't know what it is like to be a hijabi but if we see hijabi sisters being attacked in any way we should be the first one to stand up and be like "Nah, that's not happening not on my not on my not on my watch i'm sorry but
1: i I have a quick story
4: that
2: i wanted to share sorry to interrupt you no no um i really i really like um what money mentioned so i know i i I talked about how in medicine like i didn't have a lot of struggles when it came to hijab but now that i remember (laughs) certain things i of course there were many times where um you know there were there's racism in medicine. And so there was one time where, uh, it was in surgery. So I scrubbed in, I got to, you know, enter the OR. I was standing by the surgeons and they were all men, right? So there was a whole group of men from the person, um, the scrub tech to the actual surgeon, to the residents, they were all men. And here I am, a Muslim woman, right? Standing in the middle of them and um one of the scrub techs um started like saying really racist remarks and i was still a medical student um so in medicine there's higher hierarchy and so being a medical student you are like the lowest um in the hierarchy and so he started um making really inappropriate racist remarks and here i am the med student like i couldn't really say anything um I couldn't speak out and I was like at first I was shocked I was like worried I you know I can't say what I want to say um and everybody was quiet like nobody defended me so I kind of just stood there and I'm like preparing if I should say something should I make it a you know professional or should I just let it all out should I talk back should I remain calm and he, he you know he's He's going. And finally, um, one of the guys who later turned out to be Muslim, I know, stopped him in his tracks. And he was a, uh, a surgery resident. So he was higher up on the hierarchy. He wasn't the top surgeon, but he was, I mean, he was higher than, than I am. And he told him, you need to stop. And um, he was really firm. And he literally just said that. And, and the guy did stop. Um, so, and, and I was like, oh my God, thank you. So like, I, I didn't say this cause of course I still didn't talk, but like deep down I was like, wow, thank you so much for standing up for me. Um, but, it, but it goes to show you that, you know, we all have to support one another hijab-wearing, non-hijab-wearing, Muslim guy, Muslim woman, like we all really need to stand up for one another. And it goes to show you that once we go higher up on the ladder, it's easier to do that. So had that surgeon, that top surgeon, was someone more decent, um, or if he was Muslim, or if he was again, just even even non-Muslim, but if he was a more proper human being, he would have made that guy stop. He would have told him leave my OR room. Like he would have been more supportive, but, and I was like, you know what? Maybe one day I'm going to be in your spot so that if it happens, like when he said, not on my watch. So I, you know, I, I do think that we need to help one another and we need to, go into positions of leadership no matter what field we're in so that we have the the role the position the power to stop those things mm-hmm. from happening
3: i
1: agree
3: and, and i think we need to together change the narrative how people look at us i think that's important as well because i think just recently i was looking at um i think what risk. Ahmed, he was saying that in, in media and portrayed as, as all nasty things. And I think we as a community speak up and change the narrative of our own stories and say, we're not those people that you, you know, portray us. That's not who we are. And I think the only way we could do that, echoing from what Lamid said and what you said, sister, is we need to have each other's back. That we need to support one another because I feel like sometimes I feel like we are within our own communities there's so many differences and we're each other's enemies. Because oh, because things are not being followed the way this certain group is following. And I feel like that should be besides the point. I feel like the fact that we believe in just the fact that there is just one God, I think that in itself should make us all equal and that we should love and accept each other and be there for each other. And if we just simply do that one thing, honestly, I don't think there would be anybody who would
1: even dare lay a finger on us for no reason. Agreed. I agree.
0: I wanted to kind of transition from like the hijab to one other thing that I think a lot of Muslims do struggle with in their professional environment, which is dealing with alcohol. I know we kind of like talked about it in a funny way with the pre and all that stuff, but honestly, it is a really, it is a real problem. And you know, I think other uh, different people have different sort of boundaries with how they deal with it. You know, I know some friends that are like, absolutely not, I'm not going to a networking event that has beer or like wine being served. Other people are like, you know, I might go to like a meeting, but I don't want to sit beside someone who's drinking alcohol. And then other people are like, completely okay, with just they're like, as long as I don't consume it. So even there's levels within that. So I'm just curious to hear, you know, because we are all from different industries what your experiences have been like with coworkers who, you know, normalize the drinking culture and, you know, everything really outside of work is just like drink and forget about your problems. And so how have you dealt with that? You know, have you had to make any you know, tough decisions or have you had to give up on opportunities or, you know, opportunities for work, for friends, all of that stuff because of this, of this real barrier? Um, we, we can, we can start with when because, uh, you know uh i i want to i want <laughs> some more data so i can make fun of him
1: <laughs> i did yeah, yeah I, I had a feeling this was coming i hold my life. <laughs> no
4: but my my is uh like honestly in the i know in the corporate world the corporate world this is pretty difficult stop it. this is pretty difficult but within the engineering world there isn't that much going out like the only thing it'll stop you is from making friends And honestly, making friends sometimes is important because networking with, like, managers, section managers, and stuff like that, it's nice because then they know your name. And when they know your name, it's much easier to get a position within their department, kind of move up. But the thing is, honestly, I just, like, we've only had one real, like, work event where they went to a bar afterwards. um, And we all went. Um, I was, like, whatever. Like, obviously, you feel uncomfortable, but your whole team is there. So it's just kind of weird if you just not go and you have free food too so like who passes out free food but anyways the food wasn't that good um we 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 just played like billiards and it, it was during my internship so obviously i was trying to make like a good impression so i could come back to the company right so anyways um i built a good relationship with my manager kind of like we played um billiards i played with him and i beat him and whatever it was just kind of like a fun time um but that's kind of how he like remembered me like when i needed a job in that position We had a good relationship. I was just texting him and I was going like, Oh, like this didn't work out, this didn't work out. He's like, Don't worry, I got you. And he got me like a job, like pretty easily. Which which was nice. Like it was just a connection. But I think like I personally don't go out and go like, Oh, hey guys, let's go out. Because I don't drink and I don't like there's a lot of things I don't do, like shisha and stuff like that because other co-workers do that and it's just weird so I just avoid hanging out with like work friends altogether. because like I'll do coffee sure but other than that it's just if it's after work hours everybody is like let's go grab a drink right so it just it just um, reduces your chances of knowing more people which kind of sucks which kind of sucks but at the same time it's just it's just sacrifice right because there is a North American young generations of nuclear in our in our power plant, there's, and there's just a bunch of young people, and most of their events that they have is like old oh, brewery events. We're gonna make alcohol. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. <laughs> I don't really feel like I fit in, so I'm like, ah, whatever, forget it. So that's why most of the time, like, I haven't met a lot of young engineers. I work with like 40, 50 year old people and they talk to me about their kids which are my age so it's just weird and i just whatever i just vibe with it and that's my kind of networking but i technically don't need to do it unless i'm like looking to move up move up move up but at the same time inshallah like if i'm meant to move into certain departments allah will help me like i don't necessarily need to go into those environments just to like be like yo I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Like Alhamdulillah, so far I've 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 been moving at a good at a good speed, and I'm I'm happy. I'm really happy. So I didn't need to make too many big sacrifices or like any at all, to be honest. But Alhamdulillah, I'm I'm, I'm good. It's it's been it's been a good run. Yeah.
0: The the key takeaway I took from there is you're good at billiards, so that's another thing I'm gonna have to beat you at. <laughs>
4: bring it on I used to have one in my basement uh, but then we sold it because my mom didn't like it but I'm a pro man bring it on All
0: right, sounds good Um, yeah uh, Fatima what are your experiences with like uh, the whole drinking
1: culture in your corporate world
3: so okay so not I didn't experience I would say more so here uh, but I remember when I was in the UK and I was working I think the culture in the UK is very much surrounding alcohol like i think after you know here i don't think i see it as much in canada but in the uk oh my god it's like literally you finish work everyone is in the pub and there you know how, like we have tim hortons every corner they have a pub every corner in in the uk okay uh-huh. and so i i yeah I, but you know one thing again i feel like it's all on us because the company that i I worked in. And again, I love them. I think that has by far been my best employment in my whole life. Um, If I have to, if there's ever an opportunity for me to go back, I would do it in a heartbeat. They were so loving and understanding. I can't emphasize enough that I remember I was the only one that didn't drink and ate halal. And they would make sure that after work and whenever there was parties, it would make sure that they went to a restaurant that served halal food. That was next level. They didn't have to do that. And I remember it was so emotional. There were a time where I remember there were certain people who also didn't drink, right? They're also like, I would say, Western people who also don't prefer drinking. So they would make sure that if, let's say, the people who don't drink, they'd be like, hey, guys, you should sit like closer to one another. Like if I'm, let's say, if one person's drinking alcohol, they'd be like, no, I don't want to sit with someone who's, and it wasn't out of disrespect. It was like, hey, I don't want to disrespect you by holding an alcohol glass right in front of you or next to you. So, like, I feel like I want to take all of these as as compliments because they were like, hey, I remember even when like, because my uh workplace had accommodations, so I would be living there, and certain people would be like, hey, I do you want me to clean the fridge for you because I don't know if people put meat on oh. Like, they were so. I can't. I'm telling you, I can't emphasize how accommodating they were and to such an extent i'm about to share this i don't think i've ever shared this but there was this gala like an event where royal like princess anne was literally like there and i was part of like a co-host and i had to go pray and i got there late and literally, I prayed. I got myself ready. I went, and I was late. I was the last person. I think I didn't come. I did come before Princess for sure. But like the party already had started, and I remember I got there, and my managers—they're like, "It's okay, fixing me up, and you know, like tying my my heel." And they're like, "Okay, but you're ready, okay?" And I'm like, "What?" Like, to be honest with you, I think they were an exceptional case. Um, but they were they were so nice, and I think. Simply, I think it's about you just making sure that this is your priority. I don't drink. I eat only halal. This is, this is who I am. If you want to accept me, by all means, but it's not the end of the world if you don't. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a wonderful feeling when they do love you and they care for you and all these accommodations. But I know it's not all the time, but in that experience, I've had it really, really lucky.
0: Well, your story sounds a lot like the people in this room, with all royalty. We took a prayer break, you know? It sounds like.
3: Yeah!
0: <laughs> um, right? Woody looks like a princess, like very, very uncanny. With His, <laughs> his
3: parents. <laughs> yeah. She she We're left me. There. She's
4: she's on my ring leg right now. That's why it keeps moving. And if I move oh. her too much, she'll start yelling. So these dust things that are falling, that's her scratching herself. Yeah. But, anyways, yeah. let's continue.
3: Okay. but
0: yeah. But
3: uh, yeah. No, I'll humble myself.
0: Allah, how about uh, I'm not? I'm actually very unfamiliar with the drinking culture and medicine. So um, yeah, please shine I, as much light on. This. I
2: actually think it's just like everything you've mentioned. Like everything you've mentioned, I'm like, yep, yep. Yeah. Like it's no different at all. Yeah. Um, I think one of the challenges is it can be um, like socially difficult because. For me personally, I'm a social person. Like I I love hanging out with people. I love meeting new people. Um and not being able to do that like sucks. You know, when you want to go out and have fun, but you you know, you're not comfortable going in in you know a certain place. Um so it could be isolating, I think that that was the most difficult part where I want to go out and meet everybody and and form relationships like y'all were saying, but I couldn't really do that. Like it was limited. Um, I think we were able to coordinate like small activities at work. And so we couldn't drink at work. And so that was easier, right? Like we would have Thanksgiving parties or, um, you know, for different events. And so those were a lot easier and those were a chance for me to like interact and socialize with everyone. Um, Sometimes when like our, you know, our, my co-residents wanted to go out after work, then maybe choosing a place that, you know, like Fatima was saying that served non-alcoholic drinks or just, you know, regular food um, was an option But I think the hardest part was that you couldn't really socialize as well as you wanted to. So you were limited into uh, which events you could attend.
0: Yeah. Honestly, like everything that um, Muneeb the Princess, Fatima, as well as Allah has mentioned, um, all all of that, like, it rings very true for me even at, um, like, the business school I was at. I think the biggest thing that um, you mentioned was that lack of social connection and the lack of friendships that you can make, it it really does hurt. At least from my point of view, because as Muneeb was mentioning, it's like the networks that you create, um, they they will serve you in in the long term, right? Because you know the, the classmates that you're potentially giving up going to the bar with or whatever, ten years down the line, they could be like a manager at Google, and if you want to work at Google, they could you know give you a referral. And for me in particular, I made like very little relationships and friendships within my like business school cohort. Most of my friends were from like the Muslim clubs on campus or just like through sports or whatever.
3: And
1: it
0: was an active thought in my mind. I'm like, I know I'm being disadvantaged right now, but like, what can I do? Right. It's like, it, it, like to Muneeb's point, it's like, if I am meant to be at Google in 10 years then Allah will make it happen one way or another. And you can try extra hard at networking through, you know, setting up coffee chats and all of those things. So I, I do think it's a disadvantage for sure. But um, even even what Allah was mentioning earlier, like when there's a will, there's a way, right? There's always a way to make those things happen, even if that take you know requires an extra hurdle.
4: Oh no, for sure. I agree with that. And like at the end of the day, Allah has our risk set. Like we Allah knows how much we're gonna make, what we're gonna do. Plus, at the end of the day, if we can't network, we can't do this. There's the reason. And it's our choice. Even if we go and do that networking at the bar, um, even if we do it, we're going to end up in the same place that we're meant to be within the five years. So Allah has that plan set for us. So if we just do it the Muslim way or whatever it's called, like do it the halal way and just be halal, Allah is gonna give us what, what we're meant to have. So, at the end of the day, we might feel disadvantaged. Uh, it, it does it does hurt like mentally, physically like emotionally a little, a little bit. But at the end of the day, like I said, we're we're gonna get what's meant for us. So, Alhamdulillah for that. And uh, you, we, you don't know
3: not want to echo from what we said. I think your rizq is is written. It's Allah is gonna give you what's for you. I think we need I think the initial fear that we have is like, again, voicing that this is our preferences. This is what we want is the hardest thing. But when you do, you have the, there's times where either you'll be away from people that we shouldn't have even been in your company or presence, or sometimes by chance or luck, you meet people who are the most understanding. So I think either way, it's like win-win because you distance from people. Who don't accept you for who you are or sometimes you end up meeting people who are like yeah it's cool it's normal let's accommodate you because it's your religious preferences so i think we need to simply take that risk thing into consideration and just be like you know what whatever like at the end of the day, let me have allah's blessing let me do what mm-hmm. is the right thing to do after that uh, allah will take care of me
1: exactly yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: i couldn't have said it better myself and uh, Fatima's out here dropping moral gems for anyone listening.
3: Yes, golden attack. <laughs> I'm just echoing for what you guys are saying. No, oh, bless you. yeah. am yeah, like, literally
4: sum- taking away you just, you, just, you just summarize it the best. <laughs> what can we do? You do, you do. Um, what I'm hearing
0: is, thank you, Feizan. You're very eloquent in what you're saying. So that's what I'm hearing. I don't know.
3: God. no you oh, no but i have to give it to face i don't know if i ever i don't know if i've ever shared this so i don't know maybe add a topic but i have to stay with him like in terms of him organizing things and organizing all of these meetings or even the interviews he organized for me for the you know his group of friends he is the most professional person i have to give him for sure <laughs> This <guy. laughs> <He
0: ruined it. laughs> i knew it <laughs> couldn't have me. Couldn't let me have one. Not even. Not even for like five seconds. Not even five
4: seconds. I didn't see anything. I didn't okay, see anything.
0: Okay. <laughs> you guys, okay. this, is, this is fun. bro. Like you, you know, you know that um phrase, like a picture speaks like a thousand <laughs> words. I could literally crop you, and you would be a meme as when you were reacting to a post. I was saying. <laughs>
3: But yeah. There's a. I feel like I don't know, sister. I feel like there's a, a bro romance. There's this tension and this. I, mean, love. I definitely feel yeah. it,
2: but I'm just like staying quiet. Yeah, but I, 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 yeah.
3: <laughs> let them have their moment.
4: <laughs> it's okay. When I see you, I'll bully you. And for per- I only bully people I like. So.
0: Oh, oh! What a compliment. Thank you. My, 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 my heart is just beating for
3: so you. So, why do you not like us?
4: I don't know you guys. Oh. <laughs> we'll,
3: we'll let it slide. We'll <laughs> let that slide.
4: Oh shoot! I just shot myself.
0: In.
3: Talk about <laughs>
4: networking. Are
0: you alright? No, no, no. If you're ever in Texas, there's one person you don't want. to
4: <laughs> oh That's it. If, if I ever get sick and I'm at the hospital okay, Texas, I remember
3: this guy. I said, guys, after this COVID, we must meet inshallah, find ways inshallah. to network within our, I would say, our social media, like I guess, individual groups of people. I'm impressed with that I
4: agree. I agree. <laughs> so, Faison might get might get messages late though because of his Android, but we'll <laughs> at least be on. If he doesn't,
1: <laughs> if I, talk, I was, was waiting for the. So
4: if his I'm phone doesn't the randomly Android. turn off but
2: <laughs> or maybe for if you can send him an iPhone as a gift <laughs>
4: that's true
1: that's true. I mean I would yeah. happily
3: accept that I feel like because yeah Manit, but
1: if he knows how to use it no
3: but I feel like because Manit is roasting him the most he should gift this <laughs>
0: mm. hey man you, you keep talking about like Allah has the risk set and all that so bro. <laughs> looks like you have more money than I do so I it could, yeah, be yeah you know for you <laughs> no definitely not i'm just
4: i'm just a broke broke kid yeah okay Okay. Okay. (laughs) anyways let's continue with this podcast before i
0: get myself in bed (laughs) okay the the last thing honestly um i love the banter by the way um the last thing i wanted to ask and we've sort of already hit upon this but you know if there's anything that you would like to add or mention feel free i just wanted to kind of ask more like generic question in general what are some sacrifices that you think Uh, You know your Muslim identity as well as some of the moral boundaries that we have to adhere to. What are some of those sacrifices that you've had to make along the way? um, You know, for better or for worse. I I don't want to say for worse because you know uh, we as Muslims we shouldn't we shouldn't think like being a Muslim is a disadvantage to to us. But um, yeah, I'm just curious. Like you know whether that be you know not attending. You know we talked about the lack of social life and making friends. But if there's anything else that you would like to hit on within, you know, medicine, engineering, the corporate world, feel free.
1: I know, and, and you know if, platform.
2: Yeah, there's, I think there's a Hadith and I don't want to, you know, say it word for word. I don't know it word for word, but the meaning of it is that I think there will be a time where holding on to your faith will be as if you're holding on to like a piece of like hot coal or something like that. And God forbid Forgive me if I, if I'm saying it incorrectly, but along those lines, and it's, it's so true. Uh, It's, you know, staying true to your faith is not easy at all. And just, I guess, just knowing that inshallah will be rewarded for every single sacrifice. And that is going to be worth it, inshallah. Like. Later on, inshallah, like we will look back and say, you know, I'm so glad that I gave up this promotion, or I gave up this this job, or I didn't enter this field just for the sake of you, Allah, and just for the sake of holding on to my religion. And inshallah, I can't wait to to, to say that one day and to be happy with 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 actually. You know, letting go of those things in the hopes that Allah will give me something better in the hereafter. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Even if we don't know it, there have been times where we had to let things go, um, and and we had to endure many things. But it's it's for for a bigger reason, and inshallah, we will be rewarded for it.
4: Oh.
3: So uh, that was beautifully said. I love that. Very beautiful. So true. I think we can sit here and, let's say, count all the sacrifices or the, I would say, things that have hindered our, our growth and, and I would say our career because of, let's say, our identity. And I think what, what sister said was really eloquent that at the end of the day, it, that should be trivial in the eyes of the bigger picture, the grand scheme of things. And I think no sacrifice is is, is I would say enough in in, in in like I would say as big as what we're going to be rewarded at the end, right? So if anything, we should be like okay, oh, hey, good riddance, because at least like in, in in front of God, at least at least my ticket is slowly slowly booking its way to like you know to heaven. I hope so, Inshallah. Like you know, Inshallah, like,
4: Inshallah. Yeah. yeah. I think we should honestly just Alhamdulillah for all the sacrifices. Like, Alhamdulillah, this didn't work out, Alhamdulillah. Like, pretty much, um, my new favorite quote is, Alhamdulillah for everything. Mm
1: -hmm. And
4: it's just, anything that happens, there's a reason for it. Mm -hmm. So, you're just, it's just meant to happen. Mm -hmm. So, if you sacrifice so-and-so for so-and-so for so-and-so, you were meant to do that. Because there is something better in store. Whether it's in this dunya or the next, we will receive it. And then... We won't, we won't know until we get to that point. And then we'll be like, damn, Allah blessed me. You know what I mean? you would be like, what? I wasn't expecting this because Allah has something much bigger for you. So just like sacrifice. I don't like to use that word. Alhamdulillah. Just, I- I'm blessed. Like, you know what I mean? I, I-, I appreciate
3: it. You know what I mean? Like what you just said right now, it kind of reminded me. And I don't know. I don't want to quote unquote or anything. Um, but isn't it true that if, let's say example, we make duas and if it doesn't come, like, apparently all of them come true, but they come true in different ways. And one of them, one of them is, I will come true in this life, but it will be beneficial for our afterlife. And it's been said that, like, when that day comes, we would have wished that none of our prayers in this mm-hmm. life could have come true because the, the room in in afterlife is way bigger. So I think what all you guys said is like I would say hands-on like pretty epic that I think we have to look at it as if whatever comes our way well and good if it doesn't then you know what Alhamdulillah as Mimi said because you know at the end of the day there's a bigger purpose that we need to keep in mind.
4: Once again Fatima with the amazing summarizing. Sorry go ahead.
3: (laughs) Copyrighted (laughs) by Mimi and Sister (laughs) Allah.
1: and face on just i I don't know if (laughs) you've
0: noticed but i'm over here too um i don't know what it is like why are you out for me today like you're interrupting me you're like you're like colluding with like basically cyber bullying from munee like i don't know
3: it's not intentional (laughs) it's out of love
0: (laughs) We
4: we, sh- we we probably should have asked what kind of phone you have at the end of this. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think, <laughs> think, think it came too
3: early should <laughs> have told I'm us sorry. you had an Android.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll have a conversation afterwards, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, just to keep it yeah. uh you know, um keep it on track. But um what I was gonna say was like the thing need mentioned about like, you know, saying alhamdulillah and what Fatima mentioned about your du'as coming true that like for me right now i'm in my last year i'm going into my last year of university and i'm sure when you can attest like you start thinking about like full-time recruiting and like you know what's gonna happen and like getting a job is like you know top of your mind and being in a business school i i like i'm a very analytical person so i was like going over like the employment reports seeing all the statistics seeing naturally seeing what the highest paid jobs were and like what i could apply for whatever and one of the common things i noticed was the highest paid jobs recurrently were in like finance in terms of like investment banking and private equity and all of those things and the more research i did the more i realized that that's literally working with like you know interests and riba and all of those things i even spoke to a few muslims in that industry and they did say that that is a moral quandary almost they chose to go down that path maybe they'll switch later on but that's not something i was willing to do But at the time, I kept thinking, like, you know, I wish, you know, Riba wasn't a thing so that I could, you know, make so much more money, you know, make six figures in like my third year or whatever. But then the more I even looked into it, I realized now, like, alhamdulillah, the type of personality I have, the type of lifestyle I want to live, even like take faith aside, is just completely conflicting what investment banking and what finance really as a whole would be because they work like 80 hour weeks, you know, they, they, they work, a lot of them are on drugs just to be able to function properly. I think like Wolf of Wall Street, really. And, you know, that just like, even religion aside, like, why would I want to put myself through that if, you know, it's not beneficial for me. And so even when you bring that Islam back into the picture, it gives you like an additional moral, like reassurance, almost, like, you know, like, alhamdulillah, like, Allah knows He has this hikmah that we don't have. And He has put these in place for a reason. And, you know, I'll be the first one to say, when you're going through it, it really sucks. And you start rethinking so many things. You're like, I wish, I wish, I wish. But at the end of it, I'm not even at the end of it. I'm still at the beginning of it. But, you know, I'm sure, inshallah, at the end of it, similar to Allah, I'll be able to look back and say, like, Alhamdulillah, I made the right decision. Inshallah. (laughs) Alhamdulillah, you know, for all of these things that really help you and benefit you in your long term so, Yeah.
2: Well
4: oh, thank uh, for you sure.
0: for uh, acknowledging me now I, I appreciate
4: it. I no, I agree with that man. That's uh <laughs> okay. like honestly, when you're looking for jobs, forget about the money. Like 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 what I said, your your risk is written, right? So whatever it, whatever you're initially meant to happen, like apply for every halal job that you possibly can. I know business does have a lot of interest, but every possible halal job that you can apply and whatever's meant to happen will happen. You'll get the interviews. Maybe you won't get the job, but you'll get interview experience for a job that's actually meant to be. That will probably be paying more than that 100K. Like who cares about six figures? Honestly, it doesn't matter. You just want a livable salary at the beginning and inshallah, you start to move up. But don't like, don't, don't just close your mind towards six figures. Forget about that. Who cares? Yeah,
1: yeah,
4: Allah will give you enough for you to live a livable salary. Because there's people in Yemen and Syria who don't even have enough to live day by day. Alhamdulillah, we have enough to live. Like we get enough salary for a month or whatever it is. But uh, like honestly, don't, don't like forget about like don't 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 focus too much on the money because it'll it'll come.
3: But you know, um, one thing that I wanna sort of interject is one thing that I've witnessed and noticed is that there are people out there who are after money and who want like let's say that that really, you know, I would say high priced life. But I Mm -hmm. feel like and I feel like if anything is done in a contradicting way to our our faith, that money either goes away at some point Like, it'll come to you, but then it'll go away somehow. Or that money that'll sit in the bank will take your peace and mind out. It's like, fair enough, you can get that six-figure salary or whatnot, even higher than that. But you'll either lose your peace of mind, or you'll simply, it'll come to you, you'll enjoy it for a short-lived time, but then it'll go away. And then you wouldn't know what to do with it. And I think... I think, and that is with anything, whether, you know, how people, you know, think, okay, let me, let me do this, let me do this interest, or let me do this fraud, or let me do this or whatnot, because I, at the moment, I work in an insurance company, and we have loads of fraudulent cases. And when I think about it, it's like, okay, they're taking money from, let's say, like, let's say, in a way that is incorrect. But then somehow God will take that same amount from another way. Mm-hmm. So it's like we need to be so careful that at the end yes, of course, money in this in this life is important. We need to live. We need to live a comfortable life enough that we don't go astray. We don't do certain things just for the sake of money. You know, if we have enough, we wouldn't need to worry about. You know, like people think of stealing or doing fraudulent things because they need money. I pray that Allah gives us enough that we never need to go on that mm-hmm. path. But again, just to the people, it's like it's never worth it, because Allah mia will, in this life or the after, will take it from you, and it's not worth
2: it it's not just Agreed. about the money like there's there's so much to it, right there's like blessings that come in many different forms like your mm-hmm. your health is a blessing, so what are you gonna do with all that money if you know God forbid like you're you're not able you know your health is is you know it, it's not where it needs to be or um you know even like this pandemic like has really shown us that allah has power of course we know that allah has power over everything but it really showed us that like hey if allah wants to stop everything he can right like the whole world shut down and we couldn't travel right so like even if i have how much in the bank like i I couldn't use that money to go anywhere, right? Like it's, it's amazing to me how, yes, you could have all of that, but you need the Baraka, you need Allah's blessings, you need the health, you need, you know, the, just the mental peace of mind
3: and, you know, family and loved one. There's so much to it. Yeah, that's so true. And there are, you know, people out there who, what like they aren't, they don't have let's say the what's they the high price life. But honestly, I see them and they're way happier. The iPhone,
1: they, they don't have the iPhone <laughs> <in> life.
3: <laughs> they don't have the iPhone, and they're happier. So, on, are you are you content?
0: <laughs> <They're very laughs> or content. i yeah, I mean, you know, as as we keep saying, risk is from Allah, right? <laughs> so, I end with from Allah too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no but you guys are hilarious but yeah no it's i think yeah in intro i think we just need to be more i think content is all contentment is, is such a big thing i feel like like i pray that we all you know one thing also though guys and i want to say this it was in my head you know sometimes like especially with social media i feel like well, everybody's a philosopher nowadays everybody's like a scholar nowadays and <laughs> right and i sometimes and i fear when i have to either like let's say speak or or give my point of view i always pray that you know allow me uh, keep me humble one and foremost but don't make me contradict my words don't ever put me in a position where i contradict my words or i contradict what i've said so i think we i think irrespective of anything we just simply need to be more careful and self-aware that whatever we put out there I pray that we're strong enough to to preach it as well, you know, so that is also I think the biggest thing in, in, in my head.
0: I guess uh, I, I we're, we're kind of nearing the end of this, so I wanted to end it off with an interesting story that I think captures a little bit about, you know, we keep talking about like risk and then kind of like believing in Allah's plan. So I remember last year when I was looking for internships. I applied to this one company and I'm based in Toronto, but the company was in Ottawa. So for reference, for Allah, that's like six to eight hours away. And this was in the middle of the weekday. And the interview, I remember vividly, I remember the story. It was on a Thursday and I had classes later that evening. And I had, I I was like, I don't drive. My parents are living in a different city because I'm in a different city for school. How am I supposed to get to Ottawa, it's eight hours away and I got to come back the same night just so I can make class the next day. And I reached out to them. I'm like, hey, like, is there any way we can, this is before COVID, by the way. I'm like, is there any way we can do this like interview? It was a first rounder too. It was like, can we do this online, virtual? Like, you know, just like if we progress later, like I'll be happy to come down to, oh no, I'd be happy to come down to Ottawa, but you know, um, but for the first round and they're like, no, unfortunately we can't. It is what it is. How is that fair? I guess it's not meant to be. I'm I'm two days later, I got an interview with Pepsi where I'm at right now for the exact same day on that Thursday. And I got that interview, but here's where you should probably question my choices and my priorities. So I had made a promise to my friend in between that three day span. It was such a weird thing. I promised my friend that I would hang out with them that Thursday evening. And that interview was on Thursday, like afternoon. And if I went, and this was in my parents' city, so it was two hours away. If I went and I came back, I wouldn't be able to hang out with (laughs) him. This this is so weird. And so I, I emailed them and I'm like, hey, is there any chance that we could do this interview online? And they agreed. They actually agreed. They agreed to do the interview online. And the interview went well. And that's the internship I got. And then now I'm doing a second term with them this year and inshallah you never know i might i might even return with them full-time so that just kind of goes please whoever's listening don't prioritize um hanging out with friends over interviews that's <laughs> probably not a good bet but in general you know um things are just meant to be and you know if if you let one thing go this wasn't like a haram job or anything it just happened to be that it didn't work out but you know there are certain things that are meant for you in life and there are certain things that aren't meant for you in life and sometimes they're both going to be equally accessible. And somehow the one that's meant for you and the one that's better is just going to end up making its way in your life and for the better, honestly. No,
3: okay.
1: I, I go. pretty
0: good. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <That was> okay. <good. laughs>
0: yeah, I guess with that, we can end it. Unless, uh, I'll open up the floor if anyone has any last minutes, um, you know, moral gems, <laughs> Batuma, or any advice or anything like that that they would like to share, feel free. Um, but yeah, it's just going to... I'm gonna
3: let them go first and then I'm just gonna say exactly
1: that what i And
4: then she's just gonna copy what we say <laughs> man, and then say it better.
1: That's all I've been um, doing this whole time.
4: Yeah, whatever. Uh, I, I just have one quick piece of advice for everybody who watches this don't get an
1: Android. <coughs> I was not expecting <laughs> I wasn't either. I think it's only really motivating. <laughs>
4: that's, that's, oh, that's, that's about it. Um, but no, this is, this is, this is great. Great talks. Honestly, um, uh, I Mm. guess the take backs, um, from the end of this is, uh, you got like, you got risk. Um, stand up for our Muslim sisters or Muslim brothers, whoever it is. Um, and the third thing I forgot, but, um, honestly, don't make money your number one mindset. You know what I'm saying? Money is not important. These are the three take backs that I got. So that's just a summary of our of our talk if you're only watching the last five minutes of of this podcast. But uh, yeah, Fatima on to you.
3: <laughs> Not gonna let sister go first and then
1: take oh, her. Oh sorry. <laughs> Best for last, obviously.
2: Okay. So I I think I wanna add on, you know, stay true to yourself and your beliefs. Uh, figure out what your priorities are, like sit down with yourself and you know, list them out. Um just as you would like, list out your goals, list out your priorities, and you know, and and then go for it with Allah. You know, as long as you're pleasing to Him and you're you're doing everything and you're striving
1: to improve yourself, then Inshallah, you'll be rewarded for it.
3: From what and this is Allah and we're on this. Dealing with everything of theirs, no. But in in all honesty, there's one thing that I, I I live by, and I and I wish all all the people who are struggling, that they will have struggled in their life because of their identity. I pray that they realize that you know there's a verse in in, in the Quran that says, "With every hardship comes ease," and it's been said twice. You know, there's one thing that all four of us can make. We can all make promises to one another. We can make promises to our parents and they can make it to us. But we can easily break them. But something that is promised by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is not something that we should take lightly. So if any time, for any reason, if you are bestowed upon hardship, know that there will be ease. And though at that moment, it may not seem like it, it may seem like, nope, this is it, I don't think it can get any worse, or I don't think I can endure it. I think I'm done. Just at that moment, just tell yourself this is, it's a promise by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not a promise that a human being made to me. It's a promise God made to me that with every hardship, there will be, there'll be ease. So I think too I think all of our Muslim brothers and sisters, this life wasn't meant to be easy anyways. So take it that this is just temporary and that there's something better for us and we need to do our best live this worthy life enjoy it but to a degree that it does not contradict or it does not distinguish our lord and i think everything that you know you guys have said has taught me so much and thank you faith for this opportunity to see honestly what you guys do the mpl group is is i've been a fan of you guys and i think i've said this to you guys before as well bringing people together speaking about you know i think so many social issues and religious issues I feel like it's much needed in our society. So thank you for this this topic.
1: That that's such a beautiful
0: way to end it off with a compliment to me. So thank you very much. Um <laughs> I love Munija. I did that just to you know rub
1: it in. the <laughs> question.
0: Yeah, really. I just wanna um, shout out everyone who's here. You know, Allah has a really amazing blog, and she posts very regularly talking about her life as a as a doctor and some of the struggles, personal, professional, family. So if that's something that interests you, any future doctor potential doctors, do check out her blog. uh Fatima has an amazing, consistent uh interview thing going on on Instagram where she does, I think two uh two every week, Saturday and Sundays. So. If you like MPL, you're definitely going to like, you know, the interviews Fatima does. And Muneeb, um, I, I don't want to say anything, but uh, he does also have a personal blog. And uh, you might recognize it from TikTok. He does, you know, funny, sometimes in, uh, informational kind of videos. But it's mostly just funny. It kind of puts a smile on your it's face. mostly funny. And uh, yeah, so all three of these beautiful individuals have you know, their own way of giving back through the social media world. So please do check out um, their platforms and follow them if that's something that benefits you. And uh, yeah, I guess with that, we'll call it. And again, to each and every single one of you for being on here, I personally learned a lot from just the three of you. And I have no doubt that anyone who's listening to this is going to learn a lot. And
1: so thank you very much for being part of this. Thanks so much Thank for having us, man. Thank that you was for amazing. us. Of course. Thank you all me. right.
0: I just, uh, so i go and we'll see you in the next one.
1: So i
4: Take care, guys. Nice meeting
1: you all. Bye.